What worries you masters you. John Locke. Crying does not indicate that you are weak. Since birth, it has always been a sign that you are alive. Charlotte Bronte. I've been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. Leonardo da Vinci. He was a weird bloke, wasn't he? Have you seen his, his design for like that hang glider kind of flying machine thing? Yeah, I have. Kind of looks like those two yoga mats on the floor there. Well, the mats are rectangle. The flying machine is more wing-shaped. Anyway, me and Lecture are about to do some yoga, but I'm just leaving now to pick her up from this train station. I'll be back soon. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you in a bit. Hey, hey, do you mind if I borrow these while you're gone? Yeah, sure, man. There's some Brian Eno queued up on the TV for Atmosphere. Just hit play. I'll All be right. right back. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Okay. Let's get into some yoga. Let's do it. Where are the yoga mats? Oh, no. James took him to the roof, didn't he? I can fly. Ow. <laughs> If we if we had video, instead of Ow, I would have held up a sign that said Ow. <laughs> like Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. <laughs> have a um what's an anvil fall in yeah. your head as well. Yeah, nice. You know what I am glad to know though? That what? your partner is now confirmed in the skitverse. True. We had my previous roommate in there. Yeah. Now now Electra exists. So congrats, Electra. Canon in our universe. <laughs> welcome, Electra. And welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast, and I hear Toucher of Grass. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander Players. I'm the guy that makes the haven't seen you since last year joke on January 1st, James. <laughs> you are that guy. I think That's I you. actually did that on New Year's, didn't I? <laughs> I think, I think I did. you did. I think, I uh, think you might have. <laughs> I drank quite a lot. But look, before we get to the transmission, I just wanted to remind all of you lovely listeners, because we've been doing a lot uh, just this past month. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's February now. I don't know what month this episode's going to come out. But, uh-huh. it, but January was a busy month for us, and we're doing it all for you. So if you wanted to support the content that you're listening to and enjoying and watching on stream and now watching on YouTube and enjoying on all platforms, you can consider signing up to our Patreon. It is the best way to support us directly. Yeah. Um, it's good benefits on there for you. You can go to patreon.com slash getcommanderpodcast to check it all out. Yep, it's the absolute best way to make sure that we keep doing cool stuff for you. So check it out. Uh, but we do have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy, from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. the halfway mark of your musings on the way humans perceive the colors within Magic the Gathering. Today, your broadcast will investigate the color red. 
Needs, wants, desires, how are the fires of red decoded in the human heart? really should have popped the kettle on, shouldn't we? It's another philosophy it's a, episode. Another philosophy one. And we're hearing again from that other space commander. We get used to the dulcet tones of the guy we normally hear yeah, from. Yeah, I think that... I reckon they're picking something up from these transmissions because that space commander just said the fires are decoded in the heart. Like, they're, mm. they're slowly understanding what it means to be human. Yeah, they're getting there, definitely. Getting there. The, the earliest ones were just like... What's going on here? Why, why do you guys cry when you watch Bambi? What's <laughs> And look, they still do want that. So let's yes. be real. They want needs, wants, desires, you know, the usual thing. We've done a few of these already, obviously, before. As mm. they said, we've done um, white, blue, and black. Red's next in our color wheel. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's start off. What does red believe? I mm. think that, like, at the core of any philosophical uh, kind of life, like, structure of, like... M- what do you, what would you call it? A, like a just like a structure, like of a beliefs. mantra. Yeah. yeah, like what mantras? Morals and ethics. I would say red is probably the least cognitive of this. I would say it's like the least philosophical of the colors that we've looked at mm. so far, and I mean that like it thinks about it the least. Yeah, and I think that doesn't mean that red is not a smart color, mm. but I think what it wants is actually really really simple. It's freedom, and yeah. it's freedom of everything, and to be truly independent in the world and just go for whatever it wants. Mm -hmm. Um, Mark Rosewater actually in the, like the series of articles that he's done, which I've linked again in all the show notes for you guys to go and read more about. He's done each of them twice, right? Because he's done like seeing white, seeing blue, etc. And then he's done like seeing color revisited as well. well, All of them are called something. This one's called seeing red, but Uh, the other ones, I think white was called the great white way. And then oh. I think... Oh, yeah. And black had something else. I remember from the last one. Yeah, In yeah, the yeah. black, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. But then each of them have now been like revisited as well. So yeah. there's like a semi-recent Mark Rosewater article as well. I've linked all of them in the, cool. in the description cool, for cool, cool, people cool. to go see. But yeah, in, in the Seeing Red revisited article, mm-hmm. he actually outlines that red removes itself from other colors. I mean, I really like the fact that... Um, when you look at the Praetors, I think the Praetors are always a good one to look at specifically. Oh, the for, like, original Phyrexian Praetors. Yeah, like, the, the monocolored Praetors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Elish Norn, and this, this Elish Norn we're talking about, the like, other creatures get minus two, minus two. Your yeah. creatures get plus two, plus two. The Urabrask one that says creatures enter, well, creatures you control have haste, creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah, the design of these was so nice and clean because it took, like, the central idea that a, a color like adheres to and then said but your opponents don't get it yes if anything you're so in line with this your opponents look like they're paling in comparison but it's so phyrexian too it's like you know i've mastered the color to such an extent that you don't get it i will take that color's primary value away from you so i can use the benefit so yeah yeah, as you said urabrask red you get haste creatures your opponent's control into the battlefield tapped yeah but i think that the the story is what i want to highlight here because urabrask specifically walked away from the whole phyrexian uh you know, uh, rampage across the multiverse. Mm. I'm talking way back in the original for yeah, yeah. He no, I'm really actively he actively didn't want to be involved in it. He sort of was like a, a people weren't like he's the good guy, but they were like he's a neutral party mm. because he's if, Switzerland. If, 
<laughs> yeah, basically. But he was a bit more chaotic than that, right? Because he was still... And this is probably something we'll go into with Red as well. Mm. I think there was a couple of times where he was sort of, you could argue, maybe assisting people in fighting Elishnorn, which, like, Elishnorn obviously has been the big baddie yeah. of the Phyrexians for so long. Big so, bringer like, of chaos a little bit. Is he the good guy or does he just not like Elishnorn? Which is interesting, Red versus White as well. But yeah, anyway, if you don't that... fight on the front lines, but you're weaving war behind them, yeah. like, does that make you a good guy? Yeah. But yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to say here, and in a very convoluted way of using Erebrask as an example, sure. is I think red removes itself from the other colors, but it specifically removes itself in the way of it kind of doesn't do what all the other colors do, which is obsess over this kind of meaning of life journey. Like all mm. of the colors that we've talked about so far have what I would consider a end goal, like an objective, right? right? Yeah. And it's like quite a grand objective. It's a pretty long-term objective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Reds is a lot more short-term and I think it already knows what it wants and it just goes for whatever it feels in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes it a lot less philosophical in nature than the other colors. I think the other colors look at philosophy in some way and go, oh, mm. I can ponder and like muse over the how I want to live my life and mm-hmm. how I want to journey through this weird world that I live in. Yeah. See, that's interesting because like I I don't know. I, I guess I'm defensive of Red here. Where I, I I the question I would that comes to mind is: Does philosophy have to be cognitive? You know what I mean? Does it does it have to uh, be? Does it have to be articulated? And does it have to be in a textbook? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, like we haven't gotten to green yet, but I think this is something that red and green would have in common. Is green also is not really like this is exactly what I want. You know, it's mm, more internal okay. and more interest, more not introspective because all the colors are introspective in some way. But it's more like, yeah, it's it's more impulsive. But that doesn't mean it's not philosophical, I think. I 100% get what you're saying. And I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I think the difference with Red's philosophy of life is that it's it considers it more of a mantra than a philosophy. Whereas right, the yeah. other colors see philosophy as kind of like something that you could almost... Well, I guess Red could teach others how to be more like itself how mm. to be more like red how to but, be more free but like white wants to spread the white philosophy mm-hmm. even black wants to spread its own goals and claim them mm-hmm. blue is like wanting to progress and learn and all this kind of stuff whereas yeah. red's just like what do i want now it's very general mm. it's like red's philosophy is like whatever you want bro yeah go for it you get it it's interesting. You want that cake? Fucking eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on a weight loss journey? Yeah. You want cake? Fuck it. Ignore <laughs> that you're on a weight loss journey. Eat the damn cake. Have the cake anyway. Yeah. I guess like the, the thing that pops to mind is like, I, I think of anarchy, for instance. If we're talking mm. about like systems of government and sort of the ways, you can sort of point to each of the colors and kind of assign maybe a well, system of government to well, how they would do things. We've kind of already done that. We looked at white and looked at like communism values. We looked at Versus black. fascism as well with uh, white, yeah. Yeah, and we also looked at black's um, political realism yeah. skew. Um, mm. So yeah, that, but that makes like, sense. I think red would be anarchy, but I, I guess the thing that I'm saying is like, you know, if if anarchy is like anarchy is a political system. It still, is, yes. You know, it's it's kind of the absence of all of the things that every other political system values. 
but it doesn't stop it from being a system. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's so like, in the same way, it's like Red's refusal to engage with the idea of thinking deeply about philosophy is a philosophy. You know yes. what I mean? Like anarchy not being a poli- like a active political structure is still a political system. Yeah, because it it is putting something in the world. I think in that sense of the like if you're framing it like that Mm -hmm. you it is impossible to move through life without philosophy though yeah yeah and i think think, everyone's got one and and you know like there's a reason that we assign names to things like nihilism you know which is like basically the absence of believing that things have meaning but it's like if if there's a presence of a thing that exists there's always the presence of a thing that doesn't exist right yeah for sure funnily enough it's similar to the noticing absence thing oh, that we yeah, talked we about that a couple of episodes ago week, yeah. yeah um i would like highly recommend if you're interested in this a uh, great philosopher to investigate would be um frederick nietzsche um oh, i yeah. would have a read of nietzsche but look in my opinion, and the way we're going to frame this, because I lead these episodes, um, <laughs> we're actually going to look at red um, as the emotional color, mm. but not the personified MTG red. We're going okay. to look at the actual color red and the psychology of the color red. Oh. So instead of breaking down a philosophical concept, which we usually do, I'm going to look specifically at a couple of things that I've investigated over my time Mm -hmm. um, of what makes red interesting as a color in psychology. Um, I think we could potentially sit down in another universe and do like a a version of this where the psychology of red is us looking at cognitive behavioral therapy or acceptance commitment therapy. Mm -hmm. These are like pretty well-established like psychological treatments that you can undertake in Therapy, which yep. Walt and I both... I've uh, done CBT before. <laughs> it's it's like, it's one of the most commonly used, like, uh, emotional related therapies that people yeah. can go through. Definitely. Basically, CBT is the idea of the... It, your emotions are a result of what you think, your active thinking, mm-hmm. and how you act in the world. So, what you do really translates to how you feel inside. Yeah. And then acceptance commitment therapy is this is in the same kind of ballpark as that, but it's slightly different because it attempts to... I think it believes that the attempts that we make to control our emotions get in the way of living personally meaningful lives. Oh, okay. I'm actually not familiar with acceptance and commitment therapy, so that's interesting. I've not heard of that before. Not going to lie. Did have to read up a little bit on the difference there because I always assumed that they were very, very similar Mm -hmm. in terms of that, but I do think they differ a little bit. So that's another universe. Um, And if you live in that universe, that's what the podcast is about. (laughs) But in in this universe... In this universe... I didn't study psychology. (laughs) I studied business. You did indeed. (laughs) So we're going to look at business studies today. Specifically, we're actually going to look at a part of consumer psychology, uh, which looks at how colors impact the perception of brand. Right. So we're actually going to frame this whole bit of what red believes and why it does as why red is the personified color of red is the color red by meaning the hue hex code hashtag FF0000 <laughs> in Magic the Gathering. I see we're being specific in our description of red. Well, that is that is what red is. I the know. true color of red is, it is hex code FF0000. I suspect on the Magic the Gathering cards, they tend to differ so slightly from the true hex code. But the look, true hex code is very red. Yes. Like very the unbelievably. The reddest red that you can yeah. red. That's, that's why it's all zeros there. Well, RGB is like three colors yeah, it's yeah, red yeah. blue green and the, 
hex code FF0000 is yeah. all red, no red, no green. Yeah, it's all the way yeah. to the left on that color hue spectrum, for sure. That's interesting. So we're looking at... We're still talking about red as the color that it is in Magic and the personification of that color, but we're doing it through why the design of the game is this color red that we are familiar with in the real world, yep. the color red that things it can be, is going to be this sort of a way in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, and why is red the color that was chosen to hold the philosophy that red yeah, has? Gotcha. Why, gotcha. why have we done this? Why have we looked at this? I'm not going to lie. I've been waiting for a color to use this on because okay. you can apply this with everything. But like... Okay, we'll dive right in because it's pretty well established that brands use colors specifically to trigger responses in your brain, to make you feel a certain way about their brand or their product or about their own philosophies, right? Yeah, I've, I've heard of this very briefly in the form of like, red makes you hungry. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll, look at, yeah like, sure. we'll look at some examples in a second. But to support me on this, I think this is the first time we've ever actually done this. I have linked a peer-reviewed academic paper Whoa. Um, in our uh, show notes for this episode. Big boy moment. I read this when I was studying this oh, at uni. Wow, you dug it out of the archives. I did have to dig into the archives a little bit. Um, I'm on a different laptop now, so it took me a second to find Damn. it. Okay. Um, but yes, this is a paper from Dr. Lauren Lebrecki, I think I'm pronouncing her name right. American researcher. Um, she's got a lot of um, work specifically around color psychology. Cool. Um, she's a business-focused researcher, but she mm -hmm. has done a lot of psychology research. Um, but most of her research goes into how colors work in the human psyche. Yep. Um, so in this paper, she performs a bunch of different studies on the effects of the color hue, saturation, and even packaging design to support a bunch of different hypotheses. But the one I'm really interested in, in looking at is specifically her second hypothesis she states in the paper. Mm -hmm. And the hypothesis is the perceived excitement of a brand is positively affected by the presence of red hues. Okay. So she, so that's, she reckons that's the case. She's going to, She's a good scientist. Mm -hmm. She's got <laughs> she's a good hypothesis. Got that as the thing that she thinks is true. And now she's going to set out to try and prove whether that hypothesis is correct. Correct. So I just want to go over that wording again. She said the perceived excitement. She said excitement. Okay. Excitement was the key word she used there of a brand is going to be positively affected, meaning it's going to be increased right. by the presence of red hues. So in other words, if I'm walking around in the world and I am encountering a brand in some fashion and I see that there's red there... I'm likely to be excited. That's if what she thinks. She thinks, if I see red, I'm going to be more excited. And I'm guessing that the the hidden context here is I will be more excited than if I saw green or, green blue, or blue or brown. Or, yeah, okay. Correct. Makes sense. So, look, th this is just one of several experiments she ran. Um, but the basic experiment for this specific hypothesis was she ran... A, basically a research group, like a study group, and she created a fake logo design of a non-existent company. Now, she specifically in the paper outlined that it didn't remind anyone of an, an existing company. Makes so sense. The logo, wanna... So try to make the logo as neutral as possible. Don't want to steal the idea of someone just seeing a, seeing a thing and going like, oh, that's brand blah, blah. I feel this way about them. Yeah. Exactly right. Don't want that to happen. Cool. She created... Many versions of that that are that are all the same shape, all okay. the same size, mm -hmm. but varied hues. Right. Now, they so use... The red one, blue one, Correct. Yeah. And all singular hues as well. Every okay. color on the logo is the same 
color. So there's no like red and blue one, no. or green and yellow. Not it's even like red, red with a black outline. It's oh, wait, red. it's just it's solid red or solid blue. Okay, gotcha. correct. Yeah. Now the the sample size, the research went with 279 people. That's pretty um, good. Interestingly, the reason it's 279, it was she got 300 signed up, but there was a significant portion that stated they were colorblind, so oh. they were excluded from the. <laughs> They were excluded from the research. Wow, I fully expected the usual study thing of like Toronto people being like, yeah, I'll do it. And then like getting an email from someone later and then it's just silence. Blank, yeah. You don't <laughs> want your $50 you. Coles gift card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she basically got them to rank the 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 like the logos that she put in front of them against five variables. Okay. So those variables were sincerity, excitement yeah. is the one we're looking at. Of course. Competence, sophistication, and ruggedness. So I like that she, even though her hypothesis was about excitement, I like that there's actually other other um, variables being tested mm. here because I think if people just see the word excitement, the thing you never want to happen is for the, someone who's in a study to realize what the study is trying to figure out. Yes, it's this about many call, different things. Yeah, this is like what, what they call single blind um, mm. experiments when at, at the very least, the people who are in the experiment don't know what's being tested for. Um, yep. So it's good that they can't tell immediately. If you just said excitement, people would be like, oh, she wants me to pick the red no, one. I'm going to pick the red it. one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I get my treat at yeah. the end. <laughs> like a good little <laughs> hamster in a, a wheel. Boy? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, salivating right now. On top of all of this, there was a bunch of other hypotheses going on. Like, you know, oh, how okay. certain colors would be affected by other, right. you know, or gotcha. certain So certain she is genuinely testing all five of those things. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. So she's going, there's, I think in the first study, there was seven hypotheses. Okay. Hypotheses. Hypothesi. Right. So she's testing quite a few things. Yes. Cool. Yeah. But we're looking specifically at the red. Yeah. That's because this that's what this whole episode is yeah, about. Yeah. So how did it I'm go? So um she confirmed it. She confirmed the hypothesis. Okay. Um, red showed the highest level of excitement compared to nine other hues that were presented to people. Wow. Against nine. And by the way, the p-value of this experiment was 0. 0.008. So that's very... So the p-value uh, indicates how likely the results are... To have been brought about by chance, yes, so rather the than the thing you're testing, known as statistical significance. So yes. basically, a p-value is set that if, like, okay, what what would be the chances of this happening if we just rolled the dice yeah. and uh, like and uh, like saw how what people chose. Yeah. And, and these so days like, you can just like plug in values and just yeah. hit go and it just like tells you what the p value is. But I'll give you I'll give you the score, like the, the beta score. The beta mm -hmm. score was 0.534. Now compared to the other hues, green scored 0 0.029. Okay, so like on excitement. A lot less. A lot lower. Blue scored 0 0.101. Still a lot lower. And black, weirdly, I've found this one interesting, 0.246. Black For excitement. Yeah, black prov provoked more excitement in people than like green did. So there were goths in the study, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Potentially. Maybe that was the, the confirmation bias that I wasn't looking at. But the other interesting thing about the study is red scored the lowest in ruggedness and one of the lowest in sophistication. Wow. So already <laughs> we, are, reads. we are confirming. <laughs> Like this idea that red is this excitable, quick to action, 
happy-go-lucky, do-what-you-feel, do-it-now kind of color. Right. And it isn't sophisticated, for example, <laughs> like the color blue, who scored the highest in sophistication. Right. So, look, red really is the perfect color to encapsulate red in Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And the, 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 co- the color's philosophy, the way it lives. Mark Rosewater even said red moves through life without guidance or direction and that it can pivot quickly because, quote, the heart is fickle. Mm. And I think... Like when you think about the word excitement and you think about um, this study that um, this researcher did, Mm -hmm. you think about the word excitement and you think about the strongest emotions we can feel, Mm. anger, love. Yeah. You know, fear, fear. Mm. These are the things that get your blood pumping, get you really hot and heavy and get your get your adrenaline pumping. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like so good to say there's a linked color to that because it mm. like even when you think about like blood pumping our blood is red yeah we're hot like i don't know i just i feel like it's so perfectly aligned yeah i feel like compared to all the other colors red is emotion to mm. me yeah i think they did a good job i mean like the thing you gotta you, we can like backtrack here to the fact that richard garfield when he was creating the game we've talked about this on a couple of the other philosophy episodes before but he w- divided the colors, the, the the game into colors because he had to separate the mechanics that each mm-hmm. card could do. But also he sort of identified, well, then after he decided he wanted to d- divide them, he identified in narrative storytelling and in common fantasy that he saw and magic and how it was depicted that actually you can kind of find these arenas that magic often sits in. Yeah, the in terms five of what schools of thought yeah. of magic, I guess. And so it kind of makes sense then that once he's done that, he's going like, you know, the colour red for him, it, it, intuitively, you just kind of go, yeah, red is the colour of lightning and fire mm. and... Quick and quick now. And, and, yeah. And, and, like, I find it interesting that um, the, the, the one of the lowest scores for red as well was the fact that it was less rugged than the other colours. Yeah, interesting. And I think that rugged in this sense has like like two meanings it can either be rough or abrasive mm-hmm. or it means like it's a rugged building like it's strong it's got good foundations right. it's structured it's yeah, it's yeah. you know it's it's got its walls up correctly and i think mm. red makes us feel uneasy because of this excitement like how mm. like you know before you go and Okay, let's give an example. Let's say you're a musician mm-hmm. and you're practicing your music at home. Yeah. You're calm. You're in a controlled environment. You've got your sheet music. Mm-hmm. You've got whatever it is. You're, you know, no one's in front of you. No excitement. You can practice. You're in that space. Yeah. Now you've got a concert tonight. You mm-hmm. don't have sheet music. There's going to be people watching you. Yeah. The blood starts pumping. You get excited. You're like, you, your adrenaline's going mm. and you feel a lot less rugged in terms of strong right. standing on that stage than you would at home. Interesting. So the sort of for you the rugged is like it's less dependable. Mm. That's so funny to me because rugged <laughs> I can't divorce rugged of its usual meaning for me. Like rough is, and abrasive. No, no. It's like like a, you know, the rugged man walked oh. in the room. <laughs> I read I've read so many novels where it's like he was rugged and This is a prime you know. example showing us what we studied at university. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it as like a relation to a brand yep, and you're and like, I'm like, this no, is what it is in literature. It's uh, it's Heathcliff from Wuthering <laughs> Heights for sure. Um. <laughs> but look, I think it's, it's interesting. There isn't a lot of research, unfortunately, into why this happens. Like why certain colors provoke a certain emotion from mm. us. Because 
try and run an experiment to find that out. It's really complicated. We can theorize and we can say that it's because of, you know, confirmation bias and we've established this association over time. Mm. You know, like, you know, you know, brands have used this color and, you know, slowly started to just kind of have a unspoken collective agreement of, yes, if mm. you're wanting to make a excitable brand, you yeah. use the color red. But th- this is the essential limitation of philosophy is it's very yeah. easy to to test someone's perceptions because you can just ask them. Yep. It's really ha- hard to test the brain. And and dig into the why. Yeah, well, at, like, you know, they can... They know what some areas of the brain are responsible for and mm. so they can... Um, put you in a machine where they can see your your mind waves. But your, we can just uh, see waves. the electric waves. That's all we can see. Exactly. And like we're assuming that this person's brain works a particular way, but they also know that the way people's brains work is wildly different. Some yep. people's brains work, you know, um, even just if you look at uh, from hemisphere to hemisphere mm. versus from back to front of the brain, because the brain has two hemispheres, yep. right? There's one on the right, one on the left. Some people's brains for particular tasks work very well jumping from right to left. Some people's brains work really well jumping from top to bottom and they're associated with really different like parts that your brain is responsible for so it's like how do you know that they're thinking of red right now which part of the brain is red yeah what (laughs) tiny little synapse lights up like a christmas tree light when they think the color red well it's like because it's also like my you know where red sits in my brain might be different to where red sits in your brain so you can't even test if that area lights up because your area is different to my area probably right statistically like you've got a bit of a different head than i do i've got a (laughs) massive head (laughs) but look it's it's unfortunate that we will never find out truly why this provokes maybe it's i don't know maybe it goes all the way back to pre you know pre-civilization days where fire provoked say i don't know yeah but to me red would then feel like security and safety right because fire is home people have always known that red is blood that's true. So that's always going to yeah, have Yeah, it's some... inside you. It's in your body, yeah. so you feel it. Yeah, well, I guess and, that. You know, they, there is the physical sensation associated with certain emotions, which is why we describe, oh, I felt it, you know, it's come. the emotion came from my heart. Mm. We know emotions don't actually come from the heart itself. The heart yeah. just pumps blood, but we feel like it does. And so yeah. that's, you know, then it's like my emotions are in my blood. Like in Greek... Uh, Greek plays, you know, from thousands of years ago, you get people describing like the anger was pumping through me. You yeah, know? pumping through my body. Yeah, like the the blood was carrying the anger. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's funny the the things we intuit, you know. Yeah. And and this is the cool thing about this study is that it confirms that it exists. It's yeah. real, but we don't know why. No, but it exists across the board. Like I said before, blue was hypothesized in that study mm. to be um one of the most competent colors to to provoke the most competency from a brand well, and. and scored high in sophistication it did also score high in sophistication but it it, that hypothesis was also confirmed so so now with that with that understanding go back and listen to our philosophy of blue episode Mm. and think okay why did they choose the color blue to represent science and thought because it's competent right Mm. now let's look at a couple of examples let's look at some red brands Mm-hmm. Let's look at brands like fast food restaurants is my favorite. Well, one. when I said Red is hungry before, I just suddenly had like a, you know, sometimes when like, like something just like streams through your brain, like a sequence of thoughts. I was like, oh, um, Red fast food companies, McDonald's, KFC, Red Rooster. Like yep. it's just like a, a long, long list of like Red brands. Yep. It's a, it's a stream. And the reason why fast food companies use Red and specifically in the study as well, it was found that um, Orange. Orange and yellow were the other hypothesized colors to be 
mm. making excitement. Wow, red and yellow. Yellow, yeah, McDonald's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yellow actually has now since been known to be the happy color. Ah. Shocker of why McDonald's, the producer of the Happy Meal, uses yellow in there. Yeah. Anyway, let, like looking at those brands, what do those brands want you to do? These are fast food companies, right? Mm. They want you to make snap decisions. Yeah. Buying a cheeseburger is not the correct thing to do. No. We all know this. We did an episode about losing weight in relation to Magic the Gathering not long ago. <laughs> and we learned that, like, yes, that's not a great idea. No, right? no it's but not. They want you to make that decision. So what mm. kind of emotion should they provoke out of you to get you to think quickly? Not blue. Not blue. <laughs> they don't want you thinking deeply about what you should eat because you're going to eat some almonds instead. God, no. And I think that like, if, they, if fast food did like have blue in their color hue, I think our relationship to that fast food brand would probably be like, are they like doing some kind of weird GMO science thing with my mm. food? Like, why are they blue? Like, am I, should I be, like, considering them more than just quickly nipping down to Macca's and just getting yeah. a McFlurry? You know, the, the the thing that immediately comes to mind, I know we're talking about blue, but I also think about the way that green is used in fast food relatively because Subway, yep. for yep. instance, really wants to position itself as, like, we're the healthy alternative. Yep. Look how not red we are. And we're green. We're natural. And what other colors do they use as well? Yellow. Happy. Happy. Happy Happy colors, but natural happy. and normal yeah. and safe. And it's like, but as we know, Subway is marginally better for you than eating McDonald's. Doesn't, or I eating. think I saw, I have no idea if this is real or not. Uh -huh. Don't quote me on it. But I think I saw something that their bread, their white bread mm -hmm. classifies as a cake because of how much sugar it's, <laughs> is in it. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I would not be shocked. It's insane. It's not high quality food. Look, like you can, I think I would argue if you were extremely good at not like using sauces and salt and cheese at, <laughs> at Subway, all the things that make it taste good, by the way, um, that you probably could be healthier at Subway, but nobody's doing that. People are like, give me the meatball sub. Yeah, you know? let's be real. Subway is the only fast food chain, I reckon, that you can go and customize your order to a, like a million different degrees. And it's it's the same it's every the same. time. <laughs> it's meat, sauce, and yeah. cheese if you with put, a couple of vegetables in it. If you put cheese, mayonnaise, and olives in it, it's it's the sub. Yeah, it's the same sub. <laughs> All right. The the one example before we move on that I want to look at specifically mm -hmm. is Red Bull. Ah, well, this is near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Well, I love Red Bull. It's, yeah. By near and dear to my heart, it's currently making my heart pump. <laughs> Currently, it's currently giving it an arrhythmia uh, that's irregular. Well, that, that's what your brain meant. My brain went to um, no blood, just Red just, Bull. Just Red Bull. <laughs> there is nothing but yellow fizzy liquid oh. running through my body. Oh, the color of Red Bull. Like, you look at the can and it's oh, like Oh, the color silver. of the actual product? Yeah. It looks like piss. There's a reason that the can has red and blue on it and not yes. yellow. Imagine if they had a can that was just like... Just clear. solid yellow. Or clear. Oh, clear. Oh, that would be the worst I would way. not drink Red Bull no. if it was clear. Oh, look, it's carbonated piss. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Without destroying yeah. my addiction. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Let's, let's specifically look at the brand of Red Bull. Sure. Because Red Bull is a very interesting brand set of colors. It's red, blue, and yellow. That's the hues that they've decided to go with. Now, mm. 
The red is slap bang in the middle of the can because that's what your focal point is drawn to. This is, by the way, there's a lot of uh, papers out there that you can go and find that talk about the design of the Red Bull logo. Right. There's a lot onto it because it's a great brand. Um, The Red Bull logo is designed in the way that your eye is drawn to that bright yellow point in the middle and the red around you. And it gets you excited and wanting to drink Red Bull. Mm -hmm. However, the surrounding color, the color of the can is silver and blue. Mm-hmm. Now, in um, Lauren's study, Dr. Lauren, yeah. she found that silver was luxurious and kind mm. of uh, the, the brand color of uh, solidity. You think like Mercedes-Benz, yeah. that kind of color, right? Now, blue, as we know, is this color of competency and scientific-backed research, as we learned from our blue philosophy ah. episode. So, what <laughs> is Red Bull telling you through its branding, Walt? What well, does it want you to think? It's saying, it's telling you immediately, like, you can be who you want to be. You can be free. You're the bull. Drink you know? this, go quick. Yeah, go wild. You're yeah. the bull, you know? Um, and yeah, like, live your life to the fullest, you know? That's the immediate thing. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, it's going... Um, you're worth it. Luxury, right? Yeah. You're you're worth it. We're safe. We're studied. We're tested. Studied and tested. That's a big one because it's like, we will give you energy because we've scientifically proved that we can give you energy. We know how. Trust us. Yeah. Yeah. We've done tests. Yeah. What tests? We gave a shitload of this to a hamster. (laughs) It died. (laughs) We we painted a bull red and it made you excited. (laughs) That's the only test you need. So... Okay, with all of that, I think we really now understand how color works in terms of branding. But yeah. like specifically with red, it's like it's all about the feeling, right? That's why brands use this color and yeah. it's all about the feeling for red. Like if you're happy, laugh. If you're sad, cry. If you're feeling reckless, jump. If you if you feel in love, say it out loud. Mm. I feel like that's what red is and that's why brands use the color because red encapsulates and pushes that feeling out into the world yeah it says i think more than almost any other color live your life yes you know it's 100%. like it's like do what you want to do be who you want to be you know you can do it kind of thing yeah so in terms of its philosophy what does it believe believes in following your desires and being passionate about doing it mm. i think that's the big thing so yep. like let's now look at like what strategies red uses to achieve these goals mm-hmm. red as we've said is the color of action I think and the action is how it achieves its goals. Whereas like blue will study and black will plot and white will collect and like, you know, bring forces together. Yeah. Red does. Red yeah. just does things. Just do. There is a really interesting story from wartime, um, like the, the Churchill war rooms um, that I went to when I was in England last year. Mm-hmm. That Winston Churchill used to have a big red stamp. Like I'm talking like it was about this big. It was a huge, like by this big, I mean, it's like bigger than your phone kind mm. of size stamp. And he used to stamp folders for documents that were urgent. And the stamp was bright red and said, action this day. Mm. And it the red the red was used specifically because it was very easy to identify on a bunch of white and brown documents that were <laughs> flying around wartime sure. bunkers. Hard to miss red if it's in a sea of white and brown. Exactly. But the phrase action this day slowly became synonymous with this idea of just do it. Make a decision. Mm. Action now. And like it's still used in British government today. Politicians will say action this day, action this day, like Churchill right. used to, to like provoke this idea of doing it now. Yeah, we don't have time to think. Well, it's interesting that politicians do it now because that that screams to me of a, 
um, kind of the opposite of red, which is actually a very sneaky and cunning way of it's probably going. Probably Rakdos, right? <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. I don't want you to think because yeah. you'll realize it's a bad idea. <laughs> it's probably Mardu, actually. This weird government control. Oh, government is blue. so interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we know that blue white is like the most government thing in Ravnica, but yeah, yeah, the the way that people conduct themselves in politics is got a, a fair bit of black in it. I think that's true. <laughs> but in terms of red and what yeah. red does in magic to achieve its goals, I think the big one for me and that I immediately think of with action this day is speed. It's the yeah. now, right? Red believes in following what you want, so why waste time? Like mm. if you know what you want, and that's red's superpower is the other colors have to think about it red knows red is so Mm. in tune with its heart that it just knows what it wants so this internal conflict of how to go about things should i shouldn't i yeah you know to be or not to be completely absent just go yeah i know what i want and i'm gonna go get it right now and i think that that's a bit of an advantage for red i think red being always the first color to make a move Mm. think about like you know 60 card formats who's the first person to cast a spell the mono blue deck or the mono red deck yeah and like you can generally get an idea of the like where a meta is at by how playable burn is yeah you know the the mono red deck it's like is it a quick format is it a quick format in which case burn is really great yes you should play mono red if the format is quick Mono red's good. Yeah. <laughs> if the format is really slow and there are like loads of answers to every problem, burn's probably bad because yeah. as we'll probably discuss when we get to the weaknesses, being fast isn't always the best strategy. No, but I think that with the idea of it being a superpower of mine, oh, yeah. you can look at phrases like early bird gets the worm as that's red. Red believes the early bird gets the worm. So why dilly dally? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you haven't seen Red Deck Wins by, um, yeah, by uh, um, Ristic Sam. Studies, Sam yeah. from Ristic Studies, 100% go and watch it because it really highlights the like how fun and interesting red decks are in in magic and also the there's a lot of history i think we'll talk about that video a little bit more okay, later sure, on to yeah. be honest but yeah it's a great video it's linked in the show notes for sure yeah um go check it out but i think the second superpower because mm-hmm. like there's not much more to say on speed right no, no, it's go fast. now it's go the now. fastest color it's so good. we'll spend little time talking about it <laughs> moving on um let's personify red in this podcast sure. moving on heat is the second one that i would associate with red's strategy of achieving its wants okay and by heat i mean passionately doing something Mm. you know like people say in the heat of the moment yeah in like the throes of passion yeah yeah i think this is the other thing that red does it's like whatever you do do it with passion just Mm. give it give it your all and i think it will put everything it has into getting it and i think that's like a really good strategy but it is a bit and we'll talk about this later in flaws but it is a bit all all in yeah and i think going all in it's very high risk but very high reward. Oh, yeah. Like, incredibly high. And I think, like, there's no other color that does all in better than red does. No. Like, red will use every single... If red doesn't use mana, it gets upset. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, genuinely, if red has nothing to do with its mana, it's like, this could have been a lightning bolt. Yeah. Straight up. This mountain, this untapped mountain could have been three damage to my opponent's stupid face. Yeah. I mean, and look, going all in in conjunction with going fast can mean that, yeah, when it comes to actually the the game of magic, you can kill someone before they've even set up. Yeah. Especially in 60 card magic. Like the red deck can just kind of go spell, 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 you're dead. Well, in Sam's uh, video from Rhystic Studies, Red Deck Wins... 
there is a great bit of math that I can't remember the name of the person that actually put the math together, but it's in the video where they calculated the perfect red deck. Right. And it's 40 lightning bolts and 20 lands. Yep. And it takes four turns to kill you. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, that yep. those were the earliest... The reason we have the four card limit on cards yep. is because the earliest uh, decks that were being played in tournaments were that deck. People were just like, why would I do anything except play fire, play lightning bolts when I could just yep. win with lightning bolts? Four turns. If you could play unlimited yeah. lightning bolts, four turns. When I think about all in though, I, I mean, I, I'm biased because I love Pauper so much, but I <laughs> love the card Fire Blast. Oh, sacrifice two mountains. Sacrifice two... It's a six mana uh, instant, or you can sacrifice two mountains to pay the cost instead. All it does is deal four damage to any target. But in a burn deck, it's usually the bolt, bolt, sack my lands, fire blast you, you're dead. I have nothing. I have no cards in hand, no lands on the battlefield, no mana untapped, but you lost, so I win. You know what it reminds me of? You know when a a football coach goes, um, leave everything out in the field? That's yeah. what red does. It leaves everything out in the field. Well, it's funny you should say that because before when you were talking about the Winston Churchill thing, I had a sudden recollection of this very, very famous um, halftime speech that an AFL coach made in like the 80s. For, for our American or British listeners, AFL is Australian rules football. Yes. Uh, imagine American football ball shape, but played like rugby no it's nothing like it's kind of like rugby. it's like it's like it's, it's played like, on a cricket oval firstly <laughs> it's like it's like halfway between well it's but no gridiron's not that far off i think it's not that far american off. football but rather than throwing it's mostly kicking yes you you drop it from your hands and kick it like punting yes punting. but it's the a level of violence of american football but it's also they don't wear dexterous. pads either they don't wear helmets these guys are fucking crazy it's a crazy crazy if game if you're an american listening because we know you're out there yeah. just google australian rules football it's, have a watch they actually put together a really good trailer it's just like what is this if you go, go to youtube and go like what is australian news football there's a video by the afl that's oh, like really? six minutes long it's made specifically for americans i think oh go check that out it's then. great it yeah. shows you exactly what the game's all about but basically yeah it's a it's a game like american football if you if, for those out there anyway this speech by this coach yeah speech halfway through the the game halftime they're down they're losing like quite heavily yeah um the coach is giving his big big spiel halftime come on boys yeah so rather than focus on strategy whatsoever because this is like a premiership you know they've reached the grand final they're a fantastic team they've gone the distance he was like no nah, stuff that the the they've got the strategy they know how to win he just said don't think do. Oh, I like that. Do something is what he said. Oh, do something. Do something. I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> Gruff Aussie man. <laughs> but yeah, that was do it, his, his thing was just like, you guys know how to win the game. Yeah. I don't need to tell you anything like that. We've done you're years just, of training. You're sitting on your hands. You need to get in there and do it. And so he's just yelling at the top of his head. Do, don't think, do, do something. That coach would be like bright red. Oh yeah. Bright red. If we, if we were hewing, everyone's auras based yeah. on what colors of magic they associate with yeah that coach is like fireball red i mean right his there. face was probably red at the same time probably um he they won that premiership by the way that's that's, that's the that's reason why it's so story. so so famous it's half time turned it around but i think like that's like red superpower in terms of like what it does better than the other like the other colors because like you think okay like let's say that all the colors have to navigate through a a forest island like a deserted foresty island okay red using heat and speed will just burn the fucking forest down (laughs) and go straight through it 
that's what red would do. I think like, you know, blue would be there trying to be like, all right, let me see if there's a chart of this island so I can find the best route. Black would be like trying to collect resources going Mm. through it. Like collect, you know, like there'd be like a bone on the ground and black would be like, I could use this as a spear later. And then like green would just be like admiring the trees. Yeah. Or like (laughs) climbing one. Yeah. I think that red's, Good at just like, okay, like, what's the task? I have to get through this. There's not going to be this anymore. I'm going to burn the fucking thing down yeah. and get to the other side. For those of you who play D&D, it's got strong barbarian energy. Yes. You know? yeah. It's like, it's, like looking at the, looking at the door. How do you open the like, door? Oh, what kind of a lock is this? Looks like it was made about 50 years ago. Kick the door down. All right. Roll strength check. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, that's what red is. And I yep. think that's... That's a very good encapsulation of what red does to get what it wants. Which and is how it's different from the other colors yeah. too, right? I think yeah. it is a very different color. And I think I'm glad that we looked at it through a slightly different lens this morning. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And look, we've got lots of stuff to talk about, I'm sure. We've got to talk about the flaws and the enemies of red like we usually do. But we'd better take a thrifty interlude. We've been talking for a while. Yeah, it's a little break. It's a little one. Just a tiny one. Don't think that you're going to like get a holiday three weeks leave out of this. This is like <laughs> the toil that you will use on a Friday just to get an extra long weekend. That kind of break. <laughs> One of us works full time. Um, <laughs> so we've got lots to talk about. But before that, let's hear a little something about Thrifty Card. So as a tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, we're actually going to be breaking tradition. I will not be performing a monologue. Oh, yeah, no. I'm a big liar. We're going to be doing a dialogue. James is going to be helping me out. This is totally a dialogue. I'm just looking at this. So this, this is, is actually... It's funny that we talked about advertising. Uh... <laughs> Oh, anyway. Um, Let's see is, what the fuck happens. It's a dialogue between someone someone who is exemplifying what the card does and someone who is not. I'll say that. You'll get it when we do it. Do you want me to um, read the card? Yeah, James, let's read the card we're doing this week. Would you be shocked to learn that it's a red card oh, this week? Walt knows what he's doing. You do. I'm really happy about this one as well. It's very red. Tectonic reformation. For one and a red, you'll get an enchantment, and each land card in your hand has cycling for a red. It also can cycle for two. It's endless, picturesque, and frankly, thriving in its neglect. In other words, for the people who live here, it may be the most sacred place they can conceive of. Thank you, I've heard enough. Yeah! What are you doing? That was a perfectly good topographical map of the region that we've just thrown away! I hate it! It's boring and green and much too big! I can't get my head around it! Start again, but small and flat and with a ferris wheel and a carousel and fairy floss and a pervasive feeling of hopeless excess! Sir, this is a biodiversity conference. You're describing a carnival. What? You think clowns aren't diverse? Not biodiverse. With all due respect, I don't think you understand the significance of this at all. You know what? You're right. Let's start again. Tell me about another of these biomes. Sure. Um, there's sharks and stingrays. And little spiky guys who roll around. And then fish that nibble on your feet. Cheryl, get my scuba gear and my checkbook. We're going to need to get budgeted. Budgeted, 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 budgeted. <laughs> what are they building? <laughs> I, t- I don't know. Is, I, are they building an aquarium now? Is that what they landed on? <laughs> I, 
I think that I don't. I think he's selling the idea of a uh, like like we need to save this environment. Like so he's like, here's how fate, important safe. it is. And so the first pitch was like, it's really sacred to these people. And he was like, I don't care about that. And then he was like, it has cool sharks. And he was like, sounds good. I'm gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk about how fucking red this card is, though? Oh yeah, it's so red. It's like the whole like cycling is a, such a red mechanic to me. It's like yeah. I don't need this right now, but maybe there's something I want on the top of my library. So mm. let's just get rid of these resources yeah. like black would never want to do this no i mean it's literally like when you think about it cycling is effectively the card in your hand has rummage yeah rummaging right sure. you're discarding yeah. a card to draw a card like that's yeah, yeah it's quintessential red I, I mean we saw the cycling commander a long time ago now commander 2020 mm. was jess guy so like yeah they know that red is like firmly in the color identity of cycling for sure um, so you can see these every Thursday in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server in the Thrifty Thursdays channel that's linked in the show notes. Yeah, so you can get on top of the lore of the Cowed Merchant and whoever <laughs> the hell those two people were. <laughs> Try and work out without any description of where people are or what they're doing, what's going on. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we get back into red? Let's do it. So I think we kind of went through a lot of what red does and how it does it and why it does it. I guess this time in the episode, we normally do the flaws. Mm, I reckon red is, um, I hate to say it, but red is kind of riddled with some uh, flaws. I think the flaws are more obvious. Yes. Is I what think- I would say. I think by the virtue of red being what it is, like so bombastic and like yeah. now, you just kind of can immediately be like, okay, I see that you want all of that right now. What about when you run out of energy? Yeah. I also think the other thing is we're looking at through a lens of modern society. We live yeah. in a society. Red doesn't. No. Red rejects society and Mm. the idea of society and the idea of structure and and like you know long-term plans it rejects all of that it Mm. just does what it wants what it wants now and does it now i think red would make a lot more sense to sort of proto civilization you know like 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 hunter gatherer communities oh yeah if if someone was like if you know just in whatever language they spoke back then um described to them like oh you know where a sort of person who does exactly what they want right now and doesn't think too much about it it's like oh yeah I know several people like that. Yeah, that's like <laughs> those our are the enti- hunters. <laughs> yeah, that's our entire society is built on those people because they get us food. Yeah, because um, they suppose, want food, they go get it. I suppose there'd be a lot of there would be planning involved in hunting, but like it would make more sense to them because yeah. they lived in a less structured society back so, then. Well, I mean, that's a really good segue into what I think is the first floor: is this less structured idea, and yeah. I think less structure results in chaos. And I think that's mm. one of Red's flaws: is that. When speed is the name of the game for Red, I think anything goes. Mm. But I think there's always two sides of the coin, right? Yeah. And like when when you're just putting it all in and putting chances, it's like heads I win and tails I lose. Like mm. it's always two sides. And yeah, that is definitely a crack the thumbless reference for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's this kind of, this is the sort of, yeah, the, the natural downside. I will use anything that I can right now. It's like, okay, that's great. What if you make a mistake? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also Red is looking to get what it wants so quickly. Like if, if me and you were like, okay, um, let's say we do a two-headed giant event, right? Mm. We do a two-headed giant event and we share our card pool, right? Yeah. Who gets the ultra rare card at the end of the event? 
Oh. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. That's okay. how Blue would go about it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about this. Let's discuss it. Mm. Red would be like, "Let's decide now. Let's flip a coin." Yeah. Or like, um, how strongly do you feel about it? I w- I want it really badly. Do you want it really badly? <laughs> I'll punch you in the throat for this card. Give me the goddamn card. But like, Red would be happier to flip a coin immediately and just lose and mm. all win than sit and talk about it for ages yeah like no this or came like, from my pre-release kit and i thought it was a good card and you didn't even know it was expensive red doesn't want any of that conversation it's mm. like let's just flip a coin i yeah i see i see where you're coming from i also think red though is the color of like it's just like let's just solve the problem now you know yeah if it, it. It, it would if if it came down to it where it was like both people wanted it then I think Red would be like, yeah, flip a coin or like, let's fight. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah. I think like equally, Red would be like, I don't really want it. Do you want it? Have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Problem solved. Like yeah. you don't have to think about who pulled it and what pack or whatever thing like that. What it's am like, I on to next? Yeah. Let's go crack another pack. <laughs> or alternatively like, oh, I really want this card. Do you really want it? Because I really want it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Yeah. I didn't even open my mouth and you yeah. just took the card. But I think like living in a world of chaos is what I think most people would describe. Because we, even then we were like, that's good because it gets things done. Mm. But I think it's, I think living in a world of chaos, people describe that as survivable. Mm-hmm. Whereas living in a world that's organized and structured is what people would describe as optimal right usually chaotic people kind of would like a little bit more Mm. structure in their world and i think it's like really interesting to compare you and me because i'm a lot more red than you are agreed just generally yes um like let's just look at like how we organize our magic the gathering collection right well i (laughs) I have my collection ordered by color identity. Yeah. Uh, we have a similar then, structure in we do. what it is. But, like, I'm, I'm more saying, like, ha- like if you came back from a draft uh-huh. and you had your little pile, of, or like, how, how would you go about your draft experience and bringing the cards home from draft? Walk me through that. I will leave behind all cards that I think are not playable in eternal formats. Yep. I'll either give them to the store or I'm actually, like... Uh, I think about the store itself and I don't want them to have cards that aren't worth anything. So I will actually throw cards that have no value at all in the bin. I know it's wasteful, but literally that's where those cards are going to end up anyway. I'll throw some cards in the bin. I'll throw cards I don't need, but that are playable in the chaff. Mm -hmm. I'll get home. I will sort the cards that I don't want in decks into my binders that I think are tradable. The cards that I want, but I don't have a place for yet in my decks into my like storage. Yep. And then I'll put some slots. Yep. And and I'll put some cards in my decks and then update my mox field lists. Yeah. All right. Me. Mm hmm. I go draft, I draft my deck, I sleeve it up. Sometimes I forget to unsleeve the basic lands that I borrowed from the store (laughs) and I bring them home. Um, Then I realize that I have them and go, oh crap, I need to like run back and do that now. So I frantically flick them at the um, person behind the counter as they're like closing the till. (laughs) And be like, yep, done. All right, that's done. Now I'll go home. Um, What's the task that I got to do? I got to cook dinner now. Throw my draft chaff on my (laughs) own desk and be like, I'll organize that later. Right now, the priority is cooking dinner. Uh I want dinner. I'm hungry let's do that and then the cards will just be there Mm. but then eventually i'll be like i'm gonna organize my collection and i'll do it now yeah um yeah (laughs) how long did it take me to explain that compared to walt yeah (laughs) i think that there's just like a real clear distinction of like the negative effects of being like red well but it's interesting because even as you're describing that i know we're talking about flaws and i agree that this is a flaw of reds is that it can be it can miss stuff and it can not do things in a suboptimal way because i'm not sure if you notice i want to be more like you Uh i want to be more organized i want to be more like this because i will get home and i will put every single thing in my bag back where it goes before i go to the bathroom 
Yeah, that's not healthy. I need to go to the bathroom and Electra will be like, go to the bathroom. And I'm like, but I've got to put everything away. And she's like, you can do that after. Yeah, <laughs> you, you need to. Okay, I get that. But I think the floor of it is the, like, you know what you have in your collection. Like, for example, mm. like literally last night, I was getting ready for a singles order mm-hmm. that we're putting together for a couple of new commander decks we're building. Yeah. And I have a list on Moxfield that I'd built mm-hmm. and I didn't know what singles from that I owned. So I had to dive through everything and like search for it. Mm. Whereas you're so like, you know your collection so well and it's so like cultivated and organized. You build a Moxfield list. I don't even think you have to go through your collection. Or if you do, you go, I know exactly where this card would be. Yeah. Usually, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie and say it's a perfect system because yeah. I do sometimes go through. To be honest, the thing I forget about is actually expensive cards. I remember, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've definitely got a couple of rampant growth, and then I'm going through and I'm like, I've got a far seek that's going in the deck. Sick! I didn't know I still had one of these. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think that the 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 message that I'm trying to get across the floor mm-hmm. here is yeah. that the more chaotic you are, the less you have to rely on. You have mm. less to back for yourself yeah so you kind of just run wild and hope everything works out for the best well you know you talked before about how like being doing something immediately isn't always optimal the thing is it can be you just don't know you know what i mean like yeah it's chaotic it's it's a chance it's kind of chance you know you're you're going with your gut and whatever you immediately think might be the way to go and sometimes that will be right like when we were describing the you know organizing which card it'll be Mm. if it's like oh i don't want it you can have it that actually works out really well but the thing is you don't know that it's the perfect thing until you've thought about it and worked it out for example i impulsively sold walt a extended art jessica's will (laughs) Years ago, <laughs> after Commander like Legends came out, and it was like five, like five, bucks? five bucks roughly. And how much is it worth now? I think it's like thirty-eight dollars or something. Yeah, crazy. I was super impulsive. I was like, five bucks, I can buy me a cheeseburger <laughs> <laughs> from that red-branded <laughs> McDonald's. I, I just, would love to know what card because we definitely did a card trade. It was a trade, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm, I would love what to know card what did card did I want so desperately that I traded that five a Jessica's will for? <sighs> I'd love know. to know. We we'll have to think about Curious. that. But I think that like chance and chaos is Mm. a downside i mean there's a reason why gambling is bad right yeah there's a reason like gambling yeah sometimes you win a lot of money but probably most of the time you lose yeah and i think that's a flaw for red totally totally another flaw is this short-sightedness i think that it this kind of ties into this gambling idea like Mm. james bond can go all in and it always pays off Mm -hmm. because he'll get the straight flush from the flip of the last card but that doesn't happen in real life and i think red is so preoccupied with the here and now that it forgets that there is a future like Mm. red doesn't have an end game like the rest of the colors it just has the now the Mm. now game whatever's happening now is the most important thing so like like that Jessica's Will story. I just cared about getting that one card. Mm. But I wasn't thinking about the fact that the Jessica's Will I'm giving up is going to be worth something in the future. Mm. I was very red in that moment because I was like, I'm going to give it all to you. Well, it's interesting. Like, I think about the the phrase... Mark Rosewater has a like a three-word phrase that he, he uses as extreme yes. shorthand to describe for- each color. And the one he uses for red is freedom through action. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of what we said earlier about how we were like, does Red have a philosophy? Because it doesn't seem to have that end goal. Like we yeah. were saying, it doesn't say, I'm going to use these means to get this thing. It has that. But the thing is, freedom through action, that can happen now. I can yes. have freedom through action by going into the other room and eating what I want. Yeah. That's freedom through action right Free now. Free will. Yeah. 
But the thing is, yeah, it, the 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 opposite of that is someone like White, which I'm sure we're going to go into in a sec. Mm. Peace through structure is the three words that White has. That is like a peace is like a tangible thing that you can reach. It's a goal. And structure is the means to get there. Freedom and that is, is a, a long, long term plan. Peace is, is a hard thing to get to. Yeah. The freedom versus peace thing. It's like a concept versus like an achievable like, you know, freedom is like a concept where you're always free. But what does peace look like? Mm. You have to put peace into some kind of framework. Peace is, is where there's no war happening. Yeah. Everyone can live. There's a, you know, there's a minimal living standard mm. and all that kind of stuff. Which is where white structure comes into it. But yeah. yeah, you're totally right. Red doesn't think this far ahead. And so, yes, there's a, a beauty to that of, yeah, freedom. You yeah. know, you can do whatever you want right now. That has a... A very tangible, like, I can touch that and feel that yeah. and have that right now. But yeah, when it comes to, like, uh, a marathon and not a sprint, yeah. um, Red is not going to know what to do with it. Well, I think if, like, if Red was an athlete, it would only compete in the 100 to 250 meter sprints. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, it, if it maybe... was doing a 5K, it would probably, like, sprint out the gate. Yeah. Get puffed, walk the rest. Yeah, it would or probably- Or maybe do like an intermittent like sprint walk. The sprint second it walk. gets energy back, it'll yeah. start full blown yeah. sprinting. And then it'll be like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah. I want to stop. Who and would- stop. Which color would win? Okay, we have to do this right now. Okay, sure. Because I desperately want to. Side podcast. Okay. Let's go. So we've said red is the 100 and 200 meter sprint. Champion. Okay. Champion. Who wins the 400 meter sprint? Because 400 meters blue. is this weird blue. blue. The, my rationale on blue- is that blue will analyze prior to the race the optimal points to put in the energy and analyze its like diet. And I think mm. that I think that blue is the right kind of point for that middle length race. How about fifteen hundred meters? Fifteen hundred meters, probably black. Black. Yeah, I think black could potentially win the fifteen hundred. I could see on- black doing like a like um uh intentionally saving more in the tank than you think they do. And right at the end, right they'll the end, overtake someone. Yeah, they'll overtake the blue. scheming black, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And then... I think I think 5K and above, I think you have to give it to white. Yeah, white... You have to have a system for I think, a white... I think a, white runs marathons on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and will enter a 5K race. Every weekend. Yes. White is that like kind of guy. Saturday marathon. Yeah. yeah they'll like just run the coastline of Victoria just for fun. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Anyway, sorry. Complete yeah. tangent, but I thought that'd be fun. Green's not in the fucking race. <laughs> no. <laughs> Green doesn't care about the gro- Green will probably watch the race. Yeah. Green is on the hill. Green... I don't know what Green's yeah. doing. What's what's the what's the three words that he uses for Green? It's like um, no, uh, something through acceptance. It's growth through acceptance. Growth through acceptance. That's it. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to Green. We'll get to Green. I wonder what Olympic sport Green would do. Yeah, we'll get there next time. <laughs> I'm put, I'm requesting. I know you you drive these ones. Weightlifting. I'm requesting that Green. I want Green to have an Olympic sport in the next. Okay, we'll <laughs> make sure we give we Green an Olympic sport. Um, but yeah, I think that the speed is like a superpower and a doubt. I think it's like almost everything that Red does has the other side of the coin, which is the negative. Right? I mean, this is exactly what we saw. I, yeah. You can compare. I mean, it's funny that the opposites always come up, right? Because like mm. blue is the other thing I think of where blue had the foresight. And the downside was blue thinks too much and doesn't act. Well, I think that's like the other downside to red is that it it does so much that it it's fearful of having to wait. Oh, I think that yeah. it really struggles in a position where if you say, all right, Red, you're not allowed to move. It'll be like a five-year-old on Adderall. Like, you're just like, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. And yeah. I think it's like sometimes when you don't let red use its resources, it will just 
like punch a hole in a wall. Like it mm. will, it will, I think Red just hates being stuck in that box. Red to me feels like the Monster Energy Kyle <laughs> character that is like popular on the internet. Yeah, definitely. I think that. Well, the thing is, I I think that the other thing that happens, I and mean, you see this more when you actually play with Red, is the more that Red has to sit and wait, the more that colors who have planned for that start to get ahead. Yeah, right? a mono white red deck, loses after turn four. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. A white deck, a blue deck, even to a lesser extent, a black deck will outlast a red deck because yeah. as the red deck is sitting there sitting still the plans of other colors are becoming more and more relevant and they're getting ahead yeah for sure if you let that you know white blue control deck untap on turn five and you're you've not killed them yet and you're playing on a red and they've got five more cards in hand than you you're unlikely to win from there yeah very I mean, unlikely there are burn matchups where you get to a certain turn you look at the number of like cards you have in your hand as the burn player mm. versus the number of cards that someone else has in hand you're like i've lost good game the game scoop. is over i can scoop now i'll tell you what there's i think there's one more flaw that red has and i think it's it's very poetic mm-hmm. i think the flaw that red has is that it plays with fire Mm. And there is a very well-known phrase of play with fire and you could get burnt. Yes. And I think that red is you are in the fire. And I'm, I'm going to tell you a story from the pro tour of Hour of Devastation mm. to explain a very real example of what red can do if you play too oh, close to fire. I know, do you know the story? Yeah, I totally do. So it's a player called Yum Win Chung, uh, and he was playing a deck called Raminap Red. It was using Raminap Ruins as a late game extra burn spell to win, and it was running Hazaret the Fer- Fervent? Fervent? Fervent. Um, to, to kind of get that early game aggression and just like smack for big damage on turn three, turn two. Now, mm-hmm. it was a mirror match, right? It was... Last, it, he, like Yum had come back from the from losing two games mm-hmm. and come back two games, and it was the final game, best of five, right? Yep. What had happened is it would it got to such a clutch point that in the game Yum was deciding whether or not to attack or play defensively, mm-hmm. and he did what Red should do, right? You have to attack, mm-hmm. so he goes into the raid zone and he attacks with Hazaret. Hazaret has a really interesting line of text that says you cannot attack with Hazaret or Hazaret can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. Mm. So he attacks, he's got one card in hand and he goes full aggressive. Now his opponent goes full aggressive as well and Yum has one turn left to win the game Mm -hmm. and he needs to top deck a burn spell that kills his opponent, Yeah, right? He top decks incendiary flow Mm -hmm. a perfect burn spell that gives him exactly enough damage to kill his opponent at this point the um the commentary booth have seen this and are basically going like oh my god he's done it yum's won he's He's, he's he's top decked he's top decked the win this is it the advantage bar on that little sliding thing of who's more likely to win just slammed 100 percent to yum yeah however he got so excited and so in the moment he went to combat he, only, he had two cards in hand. And Incendiary Flow is a sorcery. Yep. And then he, he said, oh, can I walk it back? And then his opponent, completely understandably, in it's a, a pro, pro tour, tour for the final, said, yeah. you said move to combat, we are in the combat step. And uh, Hazaret couldn't attack, yep. which meant he didn't have enough damage to win the game. He lost. And I think this is a perfect show of what happens of when you, like play with fire. Mm. You can get burnt. Like if, you, yeah. if you're in that headspace. And I think also like... Red is so action now 
Yeah. That it forgets to actually sequence. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a perfect example of what happens. I mean, it's like, I see the win. Let's make it happen go, right go, now. Go, and go, it's go, like, go. where it's, yeah, the, the correct thing to do is go, like, okay, I see the win. Let's make sure that I yeah. definitely have it and then play it out. Yeah. If, if you've never seen that Pro Tour um, qualifier, go watch it. Yeah, it's it a, is it's like, a great game. it's a quintessential Pro Tour moment. Yep. All right. There it's flaws. Uh huh. Should we look at the enemies and allies of Red? We because should. I think the enemies look at Red and go, obviously that's what's wrong with him. Look yeah. at him. He's crazy. He's yeah. a nut job. I think looking across the aisle at uh, the enemies first would be the best yep. way to go. Definitely. I think you learn a lot about a color based on who it doesn't agree with. I, I think the agreement tells you stuff, but I find mm. talking about enemies more interesting. And I've, I've actually brought up both of them already. The flip side, yeah, for sure. So obviously the enemies of um, Red are blue and white. Yeah. And by the way, for those of you who are new to the series, you can look at the back of any magic card and look at the order of the five co uh, colors and the allies of a color are always directly next to it in the wheel mm -hmm. while the, the enemies are across the wheel, right? Yeah. And this is how we get enemy pairings, color, uh, yep. like, this is what you refer to. It's a beautiful to. part of the game. Yep. The, the card back has not changed in 20, what, 30 years? Yep. And it's still as relevant today as it was then. Go listen to our first Philosophy of Color yeah. episode. It explains it all there. But red and blue, uh, red and blue. Let's look at red and blue first. So, like, what, what does, yeah, sorry. What does, what does blue see red as? Well, it sees it as childish. It mm. sees it as, like, too quick to action. Yeah, reckless. Red will look at blue and see the exact opposite and think that's the bad thing. Like, mm. you know, why are you so emotionless, Mr. Spock? Yeah. Like, that's like how red views blue. It's like, you're not putting any passion. You're thinking too much. Do it now. You're not living. I think yeah. red looks at blue and just thinks you're not living life. Mm. You're not doing anything. And like life is passing you by. Red yeah. is like, you're thinking for so long that you're forgetting to do the things you want to do. Yeah. Like life is about doing what you want and you're not doing what you want because you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> do and what you're you thinking want. about thinking about things. Just yeah. do it. Just do it. Yeah. I don't even, the funny thing is, I don't think red would actually sit down and think about blue because that's thinking it would just look at blue understand that it doesn't like it yeah and just be like well i'm not going to associate with you're you. you're an idiot man you're yeah. you think too much goodbye i'm gonna go hang out with green and black instead <laughs> yeah for sure jund them out but yeah. like what does white look at red and think uh as the quintessential white player <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm asking you specifically because yeah. you are white um white definitely looks at red and goes, you don't have uh, any structure. Yeah. You, you are so in the moment that you're forgetting to uh, look around at the consequences of your actions. Uh, you need more structure in your life to actually get what you want more effectively. Mm. Uh, yeah. You need to slow down. And also, you're like, you're not realizing the damage you're doing. Right? Yeah. White's all about peace through structure. Red is freedom through action. White looks at red and goes like, you are doing so much harm in mm. through acting right now, you are missing how reckless. much harm you're doing. Yeah, like you're being reckless and damaging things in the process. Yeah, white. I think the thing I know they're enemies, but the thing that white and red agree on is valuing people. Because red is like has its friends. Yes, white has its the people it cares about, which is everyone. I think that's why the Boros Legion is an army. Yeah, it's camaraderie. It's right? camaraderie. It's common. Yeah, but I think that when if we're talking pure colors, white looks at red and goes like, I can see you have these people around you. You're, you're harming them through the way that you live. Mm. And I think red looks at white saying that to red mm -hmm. and goes, bro, you're tying yourself down for what? Yeah. You are like actually inputting, you're like you're setting your own fence. Mm. Have you ever heard the thing that if you put a 
a, a lid on a tub full of fleas, mm-hmm. they can't jump out because the lid's there. Mm-hmm. If you leave that lid on for long enough and then remove the lid, they won't jump out of the box. Even if they are able wow. to jump out of it, they can't anymore because they think that that's the limit. Wow. And I, I did think, not know that. I think Red looks at White and goes, you're putting a lid on your own box and telling mm. yourself you can't jump out of it. Well, Red's all about doing what you want and and White is so much about sacrifice. White is like, mm. we can't all do what we want in well, order to live in peace. I think right? it's, it's not about sacrifice. It's giving up some things for something else. Yeah, it's like for the common good, yeah. we can't all have what we want. Yeah. And Red's, Red just hears, can't all have what we want. That's rubbish, man. Screw that. I'll get what I want. I'm going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy a McFlurry. Yeah. Um, I think that the uh, the enemies of Red just look and see a child. I think, yeah. that's, I yeah. think that's what the Red is to its enemies. And Red, even though it doesn't necessarily think of itself as a child, mm-hmm. I think... Red looks out at its enemies and goes, "Wow, what boring adults!" <laughs> Even I though- can see, I can see a family dynamic here. Yeah, you know, blue and white as the parents, and but but well, like justifiably, Red is also looking at its parents because like children can be right, obviously. Yes, and sometimes children will look at their parents and go like, "Bro, get your act together." <laughs> well, do you know? Interestingly, Mark Rosewater in lots of different articles talks about the Simpsons family as yeah. the different colors of magic. In that situation. Red is actually Homer. Interesting. Homer is the one that Mark Rosewater says is red because Homer just does what he wants. Yeah. And he just goes and gets he it. He wants a donut. He gets. He has a donut. Yeah. He wants to go home. He, go, he goes home from work. He wants to start a snow shoveling business. He starts a snow shoveling business. Yeah. Like no, nothing stops him. And he, but he's also, he's passionate, right? He loves yeah. his family. That's like the quintessential Homer thing. Yeah. More than anything else, he does want his family to be, to be okay. It's just that he doesn't think, plan ahead enough. So, like, the whole reason Homer's catchphrase is dull is because he rolls the dice and sometimes <laughs> gets it wrong. It's true. But I, it's interesting. Homer is, is so good at this because he exemplifies the best aspects of Red in that he so passionately loves his family. But also, like and I was saying lovable. before, he's lovable himself. But also, like I was saying before, th- because he's so impulsive, he does harm to his family. Yes. The, the quintessential Homer arc in a Simpsons episode is Homer gets an idea. Marge and usually Lisa are the ones who are like- Upset by the idea. I don't know about this idea. Yeah. I don't think you should do it. Homer does it anyway, makes them upset. Homer apologizes. That's like a yeah. quintessential Homer episode. There's more structure and nuance to it there. But, like, that's the Homer arc, you know? Yeah. Well, going down this same line, Homer and Bart get along really, really well. Mm. And Bart is meant to be the black character of The Simpsons because he's incredibly selfish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in in scheming, he pranks and does that kind of stuff. And I think that Red and Black are such good friends because they respect each other's independent free will. And, mm. and want to do their own thing and self-interest. I think that's the thing that they share strongest. And I think Black respects that Red does it, but doesn't respect the long-term vision. Yeah. Black is a little bit slower in its, like, you know, you know Bart and Homer. Bart will plan a prank. Homer mm. will just, like, get angry and punch someone. But that said, like, I see what you mean. The, the, the thing they have in common is that they are... They're upfront about what they want, you know? Yes, and they're, they they not only do it say it to themselves of what they want mm. to themselves, they say it to others. Yeah, they're like, this is what I want. This yeah. is how I'm going to do it. Look, um, Mark Rosewater has described black and red as the most hedonistic colours. 
Think before. of the Rakdos Guild people. Yeah, think the of Rakdos, Rakdos. Gu- Guild definitely exemplifies this. But yeah, like, and it's interesting if you take Black Red and then get them to look collectively at their shared enemy, which is white. They, the thing they often say, like Black and Red would say about white, is you're not um, upfront about what you want. Yeah, we're clear. We we know what we want. We're telling you what we want. You're being sneaky and making structures and putting people in boxes. We're just telling you this is what we want. This is how we're going to get it. And we're going to do it. Like we're going to do it. Well, like yeah, you, we're going to do it right now. You want something, but you're not doing it. Yeah, like, you're not doing it. They're and I both think that's... very like do it now as well. Yeah, like, and we when talk... you put them together, it's very much get what you want, get it now. Yeah, I mean, both of them are are so willing to use their life as a resource. Mm. As think of well. like cards like Index, where it's like cards like um, Necropotence plus a uh, Treasonous Ogre. Yeah. You pay life with Treasonous Ogre for mana, mm-hmm. and you pay life for cards and advantage. Whereas mana gets mana has to be used now and spent really quickly. Yeah. Cards can be gained more long term. So mm. it's like the slight difference. Both of them pay their life because they're willing to put themselves on the line and go all in. But they have different things that they're trying to achieve yeah. by paying so much. Yeah. So I think that's why they get along so well. Mm. Um in terms of the other side of red, mm-hmm. we've got green, yeah. who is enemy of black. Mm. So what do green and red share in common? I think the thing that green and red have in common is this like respect of the here and now. Mm. And it's this, it's very different. I have to admit, I think black and red get along better than green and red. But mm. I think that red and green both have a now presence. Mm. They're very different in how they approach it. But they both respect that now is the most important. I think they also... The thing they have in common as well, and it's part of that, like, here and now, is they, they're they both very instinctive colours. Right? Yes. They, Red, they, they trust their own instincts. Yes. Because green is very, like, you know, the, the things that we need from ourselves, we already have, you know. Yeah, it's inside us and it's always been there. Yeah, we can trust ourselves. And red is like, I know what I want, I'm going to get it. And so the thing they have in common is... The, the the things that are happening inside of us are right and are natural and we should trust them. Yeah, I think, again, the, like, the only difference here is the, the, the red is so much more about action this day. It's like, yeah. where if, like, you know, if red and green were having a conversation about a share house, let's say they live in a house together, mm. red and green are, like, talking about a garden outside. And yeah. Green's like, let's plant, let's, you know, cultivate, let's slowly grow. Mm. Red's like, fuck it, I'm going to go to Goals and buy a flower now. Yeah. Screw it. Like, it's, <laughs> there's one already grown. If you want a flower in the garden, I'll yeah. get you one and shove it in the ground. Yeah. Done. Flower. Whereas Green's like, no, Green's let's- Green's like, we can wait. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the I think about, like, if Green and Red were on a battlefield with one of their friends. Like, let's say they have a shared friend who's with them. We'll call him Terry. Terry. And let's say Terry dies in battle. Oh, no, not Terry. Red would, like, go into a rage, I think, and be like, this is messed up. What the hell's going on? I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. And Green would be like, I'm devastated. It was meant to be this way. Yeah, that's... Okay. I accept that this is the way things are meant Mm. to be, whereas Red is, like, can't quite see that. That's probably the thing they they differ in, but they would both be devastated. And they both both share that emotional turmoil inside it's yeah. just translated a bit differently and like admittedly in even in that analogy green is like death is natural but also death before hurts. death hurts and if death happens before it's supposed to that's not right that's sad and that's that's a it's reason waste to be, of life waste of yeah. energy waste of all this stuff yeah yeah yikes i think that the 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 red in my opinion just because of the way that it 
doesn't have long-term plans mm-hmm. is the most individual color in magic for this reason. Yep. When you look at, you know, in, in previous episodes when we've looked at allies and enemies, I think that we've found like really common ground with allies and really differing ground with enemies. Mm-hmm. Red has differing ground with all the colors. It really mm. tends to go... Just do it now. And I think, I think that's the, the the very center of red's problem with the other colors. Yeah. I think I think it's by virtue of the way that red does things, mm. it's just most likely to bring about enemies, right? Yeah. Just like if you only if you're do being what you reckless feel. and accident if you're okay, we're in a mosh pit now at a concert. <laughs> if you're a considerate mosher, uh, you're watching out for those around you. Mm-hmm. And if someone goes down, you'll pick them up. Yep. Red doesn't give a fuck. It's there to party and it's like swinging its arms. Mm. If it hits someone in the face, sorry, not sorry. I'm going to continue what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing what I want to do. And that's how you make enemies. <laughs> for true. sure. Definitely. All right. We play Commander. Yes. We play a specific format of Magic the Gathering. Red, mono red, red deck wins. Like, yeah, go check out Sam's Ristic Studies mm-hmm. uh, video on red deck wins because I think it's incredible. Yep. But it, that is very focused on 1v1. Oh, it's definitely. focused on, you know, Pro Tour examples, the the whole mana curve thing and how that mm. came about. Commander is very different. It's unique. That's why we're here for an hour and a half talking about it. Yep. Um, I am going to propose mm-hmm. that red in Commander is the weakest mono color. Oh, okay, so if we're building five monocolored decks, a white deck, blue deck, black, whatever. Yep. Red, you think, on average, is the weakest of those five. I don't even think it's like you have to average it out. I think wow. red is an outlier, in my opinion. I think, look, I, I do love red. I play a lot of red in my decks. I think red is one of the most represented colors across my decks. But mm-hmm. red, to me, fuels fire and adds things to other colors. Whereas mm-hmm. red on its own doesn't stack up in commander. I think that it's just like... You've got 120 life of your three opponents to burn through. Mm. You can, that 20 life in a 1v1 format. Yeah. Four, you know, four lightning bolts. It's a lot of damage. Yeah. 120. That's a lot of that's a well, lot of life. It's interesting. The only valid burn decks in mono red that come up tend to be ones where the commander itself just makes burn way better. Like doubles damage. Yeah. Um used to be Torbrand, Torbrand was a big yep. one. These days uh Osier Axonil. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. a- it would be Axonil, I think. But one uh, of our good friends has just recently built a bizarre CDH list around. I've this seen this. Deck. It's, it's cool. Wild. It's like I mean, look, it basically quadruples single instances of damage. Yep. So I see the appeal. But yeah, it, it you need to have that level of help before burn is even valid in commander. Because yep. yeah, it's 120 life that yep. you can, you're contending with. Um it's interesting. I'm trying to think like of all the monocolors. I think there's th- the ones that are immediately very good. Green is fantastic monocolored. I've- Especially in casual. Like casual yeah, yeah. commander. If you're just running mono green, you're always so secure in what you're doing and you just repeat the same steps every time Mm. creature get big swing creature get big Mm. swing i think like i think about our deck building template a lot when i think about mono colors and i think about what um colors get access to well and what they lose so green like your card draw yeah 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 yeah. so i think like like green for example card draw fantastic as we know yep ramp the best that you can get yep removal Still really good in green. Bite effects are getting really, really strong now that creatures are getting even better. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the green's big downside is protection, which is the part of our um, 
our template. Well, green doesn't believe in building walls. So no. green leaves its walls down. The reason that, um, what's it called, heroic invention is so expensive is that's the only version of that effect. You would not yeah. believe how many times I've been building a deck in green and been like, surely there's a budget alternative to this. There isn't. No. There's no card that's remotely close to that card. Um, but then, yeah, so that if we put it red through this same treatment, right? Ramp, pretty good. It burst ramp. Burst ramp. For sure. It doesn't, it obviously can't uh, ramp land. But it's it makes not a thing treasures. That it does. It's it makes good treasures, at treasures. Great at yep. treasures, great at rituals, that kind of yep. thing. Card draw, e- iffy. Yeah. It has impulse draw, which is temporary, but otherwise you're usually relying on colorless effects like skull clamp, that yep, kind of thing. I get you. Um, removal, not great. It, it's, it's great with artifacts. And it's, and it's burn is the removal in red. Yes. Like, and like holding straight burn can feel really good because you can choose where to direct it as well. Yeah. And I think that especially when you're like turn 10, mm. you've got a bunch of mana and your deck just contains red and you top deck like Jai's Immolating Inferno or something yeah. and you're like, holy hell, this is it. Yeah. If this resolves, I got this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have that as like the up the ceiling, but the floor is like enchantment. I have like one card that deals with that and it's yeah. Chaos Warp, you know? But then protection, I think red may be the worst color for protecting your own board. Well, it doesn't. It Red lives with its creatures tapped. That's yeah. the whole point. It wants to swing out. Yeah. And like- Leave defenses down. This is a good thing, by the way, in the design of the color because it can go the fastest- but also, it's most likely to burn hard and fast and burn out. Burn out, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it falls to a board wipe. You know, like a Krenko deck, for instance. Krenko decks can explode in a way that so few monocolors can do. Maybe only black comes close. I have deck, seen like. casual Krenko. I've seen your casual Krenko deck create like a hundred goblins in a turn. Yeah, it, it can absolutely go nuts. But if someone board wipes, it's like, cool, I have like one card in hand. <laughs> I recast Krenko, tap him, make one goblin. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's very live by the sword, die by the sword kind yeah. of thing. I think that the thing that I feel when I, when I have like such a strong presence of red in my decks mm-hmm. is this sense of urgency. Yeah. And like it, it, it's this translation of red lives with speed. But like when I'm playing commander, even if red is present in my decks, like even sometimes when I'm playing my new Savine the Chronoclasm deck, mm-hmm. I have a lot of impulse draw in that deck. And I have yeah. impulse draw. By the way, impulse draw is like where you discard a card as an additional cost to draw two cards. Like, Oh no, impulse draw is exiling off the top, isn't it? Oh, that's impulse draw. But so... Yeah, that's impulse drawing. And mm. then you can have cards like Reckless Impulse that do that and Ren's Resolve. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then there's like, um, what's the card like, called? Um, thrill uh, of Possibility. Thrill of Possibility, For right. example, discard where you discard- card, draw two. Yeah. Thrill is what I'm referring to in my Savine the Chronoclasm yeah. deck. Because yeah. I specifically want to put cards in Graveyard so I can cast cards with Flashback, mm. right? It's a good plan. But when I have those cards in hand, I'm like, man, I need to do this now. Like, I should yeah. do this now. There's no reason for me not to do this now. So, I'm going to do it now. Well, the the less cards you have in your hand, the more likely you have to discard something you need. Right? Yes. With the possibility. So, yeah, the, the, it's got to be soon. Yeah. And I think, like, in the early turns when I play Savine, I'm so, like, red allows me to turn the... F- put my foot to the floor in filling mm-hmm. the graveyard super quick because yeah. I get to play... Like, even Faithless Looting. Oh, yeah. It's just like, all right, discard cards, discard them. Just get that bin full so later in the game I can explode. Mm -hmm. But the later in the game is then the blue, then the white. Yeah. They're the cards that get me the win. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the, the red cards are just there to, like basically inject a bit of nitrous into the engine and just, like, get the thing going. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, like, the one win con in that deck is actually... um, I forget the name of it, but the card that flashes back 
and you exile three cards from the top. Oh, the, oh if yeah. You flash, you, the, if you flash it back, you cast them for free. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you often copy... Well, you copy it at least once with... Um, oh, I copy it more than with once. With Savine. It's usually like three to four <laughs> yeah. copies of this. And then it's like, cool, I'm copying all of these. Oh, no, I'm just casting them. Just try up casting every one of these cards. Yeah. That's a, that's a bit of a weird red card when you think about it in that way. Because it's like... In, in the early game, it's like three mana to exile top three, which is impulse draw. Mm-hmm. And then if you pump eight mana into it from the graveyard... But I think that's the thing. It's like, in red, it's not a long-term plan. I think the long-term plan is the blue part of my deck. The red is like, the long-term plan doesn't exist. So you just cast the card for its three CMC normally. Mm -hmm. Impulse draw three cards. And then, hey, later in the game, if you put everything you have into this card if you put oh, yeah. eight mana if you put all your passion all your love all your hatred for your opponents <laughs> into this card you'll win yeah i mean like we it is a late game thing but also you've got that turn that's the turn you're winning yeah you that's know? true it's all all in baby it might be turn eight or turn nine but it's like this is my strat and if I, I don't hit the right cards off the top i've just invested all this mana and nothing's what, gonna happen do you remember that game we played at kitchen table with your uh, oh and you just hit like lands and i hit lands i did, yeah. I did I, everyone was like oh my god we lose and it was like right i copy the spell three times yeah and i exile the top three cast any of those spells from that i exile mm-hmm. for free yeah all right we'll resolve the first one land land Soul ring. Yep. Okay, I get a soul <laughs> ring. Next one. Land. One removal spell. Yep. Uh, another piece of ramp. Okay. Next one. Land. Yeah. Some kind of draw Draw two cards. Yeah. Doing nothing. I just think it's... Yeah. It, it's... All in. It's all in. That's, that's red, right? That's I, how red does it. And like, you know, we spoke about it before in terms of ramp, but ramp like the red ramp looks like this too you know it's it's, it's very your, burst yeah, yeah it's your jessica's wills and your mana geyser yes you might have like 20 red but again it's that turn that's the turn where you have to use all of that mana i guess the one exception to this that we see a lot in commander dockside is dockside yeah, extortionist dockside. but even so like the treasures aren't permanent right no like, once you, you get, use them they're gone yeah and i think that dockside is a really good example of like this explosive game pattern where mm. with red, where it's like, all right, I'm going to get all these treasures. And 90% of games where someone resolves a dock side, they use the treasures there and then. Yeah, I think oh, you in your in your CDH deck, like Dockside is just cast Niv Mizzet Perun. Yeah, get Niv out now. Yeah, now ninety percent of the now. time, that's the that's the strat. And like you know, usually the if, if Dockside's part of an actual winning strat in CDH, it's usually like Cloudstone Curio. In which case, again, it's that turn. It's just going to yep. be like bounce, 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 bounce. I have infinite mana. I win. Like, yeah, it's all in. It's all in right all now. All in. I yeah. think that the thing that red does pretty well that I think we don't give enough credit for or we don't see enough in Commander and I think people should play more of mm-hmm. is red is really good at removing artifacts. Oh, yeah. And artifacts are a big friggin' problem in our format. Yeah. Like, massive. We've got a Braid, Shattering Spree, Vandal Blast. Vandal Blast, arguably, like, the most efficient artifact wipe. Because it only hits your opponent's stuff. It's overload hits every artifact your opponent's control. You keep all yours. Yep. It's only five mana as well. Like, for relatively speaking, there are, like, six and five mana wipes in white that deal with all the artifacts. But it's all of them full stop. Not not just your opponent's Yeah, what is it? Dismantling Wave is the white one? Dismantling... Oh, that one's, like, eight to cycle and then there's like austere command would do it yeah tragic arrogance does it farewell in a way that doesn't yeah f- farewell at six as yeah. well but yeah, all of those you never get the option to choose only your opponent's ones yeah it's but, always all of them and i think we should probably 
give red more credit to this. We should be playing more artifact removal that red gives us. If red's in your deck, I think Shattering Spree is just a good single target or multi-target. It's got Replicate, so you can play red mm. to target another thing. It's yep. like And it makes a copy of the spell as well. So if you're playing any deck Magecraft. with Magecraft being oh. relevant, any deck with Archmage Emeritus in it, any deck with... um, What are the other really good Magecraft? Stormkiln Artists? Stormkiln Artists, Holy definitely. Hell, yeah. yeah, well, Stormkiln Artists, it, it would... becomes a ritual, basically. It turns your red mana into blue mana if you wanted to. <laughs> pay, pay Shattering it's Spree for... basically a free spell. Pay 10 red, get 10 treasures. Yeah, you do. You have to pay it all at the same time. You do. You can't, you like, do. You it can't doesn't go infinite with um, no, no, Storm no. Count, unfortunately. No. Um, look, I think the last thing that I feel when I play red is this sense of chaos when you because like you know you are incentivized in red to play cards like you know chaos warp and wild magic surge because mm. it deals with permanence red can't deal with, like enchantments, for example. Yeah, yeah. And it's really good. Like Chaos Warp, three mana, any permanent mm. it gets rid of, but you roll the dice a little bit because your opponent could flip, I don't know, Avacyn off the top of their yeah. library. or We've seen games like that. I've yeah. seen, you know, Ulamog flipped off the top as happened yep. before. Like, it's it's a risk that you take with red because it's random. But, like, it's interesting. I think the thing about red is red is happy to do that. Red's like, that's funny, man. Crack, like, people if, don't if play Crack like, a lot because... Yeah. People play Crack a lot because it's fun. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Like, I think if Red is a commander player, Red would play Red and like it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for Red sure. would be like, yeah, I don't get to blow up the enchantments, but every now and then I chaos warp and something funny happens. And I'm with my friends. We're all laughing. Like, that's we're the We're in the dream. here and now. We're yeah. living. We're living life. I got rid of the thing. That was my task. Whatever happens is funny. <laughs> yeah. I reckon Red would, like, be the... If you had to, like, dress Red, like, in, in an outfit as a commander player, uh-huh. I think Red would be rocking up to the game store on a skateboard because it's quicker yep. to get there from the car park. In a metal t-shirt. Yeah, in like a metal band kind of yep. shirt. Probably with a backwards hat because it doesn't get in the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a hat in the front would like cloud its vision. It's definitely not a sun smart hat. For those yeah. of you Australian listeners who are aware of what I'm talking about, it's not a wide brim hat. No. It is like the minimal hat you can wear. Maybe it's a visor. <laughs> it's probably made out of corduroy, I reckon. <laughs> it's like... It's probably just, it's not even one he thought about. It's just the one he grabbed. Alternatively, I could see a uh, a red player in a cork hat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like the quintessential cork hat. Just because like it was the one. His head, like, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's, it's an ADHD commander player, isn't it? That's what red is. <laughs> the sensory feelings. The sensory. Oh my God. I, I think red is so much fun to have mm. in your deck. And I think the feeling of playing red is great but i think again i just think it's the weakest mono color i think you need the other mm. colors to survive in a commander game for that long yeah i think but having red in your deck adds fuel to the fire and that's good the the game is better for having red in yeah it for sure the all of magic is better for having red agreed in yeah. yeah all right at the end of all of these episodes i give uh, four lessons that we kind of learn uh from red three of which are kind of positive and one that can teach you a bit of a lesson So, for this episode with Red, we've learned to follow our hearts. Um, Why walk when you can run? Whatever you do, do it with passion and give it 100%. But when you play with fire, you might get burnt or burnt out. So, Space Commanders, command command received. Red is a fun color. Red is a great color. It's so fun to talk about because it's... uh, ironically, elicits so much emotion. It gets you passionate, <laughs> it doesn't does it? It does get you I, passionate about I, the I game. I kind of want to go play, like, pauper burn against yeah. you right now. That's, what, that's my plan. Keen. 
Uh, to the listeners, do you feel commanded? What do you think of Red? And how do you feel when you play Red in Commander? Did, did we capture the essence of Red for you? Yeah. And if we didn't, what does it feel like for you? Yeah. Um, you can tell us on plenty of different platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, or Threads, at Get Commanded on all of those. Uh, you can send us an email if you're like 50, but you can... <laughs> Best way to talk to us is on the Greensboro Commander Community Discord. All of our other playgroup uh, are on that Discord as well as a bunch of other listeners. So you can join in with the link in the description and in the show notes. Come hang out. You can email us if you're 50 and you can message us on Discord if you're 15. Um, <laughs> and you can tweet us if you're Elon Musk. Because yeah. <laughs> he's Elon. like the only one that uses Twitter these oh, days. Oh, God. Um, and of course, the best way to support the stuff that me and James make is on Patreon. It's linked in the show notes. It's the best way to support the content that we make directly. We'd like to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, and Bottomless Ponymous, and an extra special shout out to Fletcher Cutting and Wizard Down Under, who hey. support us in the Space Commander tier. You're the best. Thanks, Wizard Down Under and Fletcher Cutting. Yeah. We really appreciate you. And we also appreciate sponsors of this podcast, which are Palms Off Gaming. Yeah. These guys are sick. We're uh, really happy happy to be working with them again in 2024. Um, we are able to give you amazing listeners a 10% discount. If you mm. go to palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded, 10% off your purchase and you support the show at the same time. And you're also buying like really good quality gear. Yeah. I, it's just good stuff. You're going to buy it anyway. Yeah. Buy it with our code palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. Nice. That's all the magic stuff that we have here. Mm. Uh, but we do need to please walk out of magic, out of Commander, into somewhere else. I think it's your turn, James. My week? Mm. Well, look, I mean, we've just started this year. Uh-huh. The Christmas holidays, the New Year's Eve parties are distant memories. Yes. I think my planes walk this week is just... I'm getting back into the swing of normality again. Ah, um, life returns. Life returns. I'm back at work. Um, I'm back in the office now. I'm back okay. in the office three days a week. Um, I think that all of us can relate to this like weird feeling of like, ah, reality, yep. setting back in. Back to reality. Um, but I'm doing really well in 2024. I always find that at the start of the year, I struggle to... Because I get quite, I do take quite a bit of time off around Christmas and New Year, mm -hmm. and I'm really lucky that I get that time off included in my work schedule anyway. Yep. Um, and I really struggle getting back from this. I can do whatever I want and be red every day <laughs> and just like walk around the house doing whatever I feel like to being like, all right, now I live in a white and black world where yeah. I have to go to work and, you know, go to the bank and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's a tough adjustment. But I think I'm doing really well. Like cool. I'm, I, something I'm really happy that I've been doing recently at the office is I'm meal prepping my entire week's worth nice. of meals. That saves you so much money in the long run. Dude, I haven't bought a single... And by the way, I w remember I work at a university. University food courts are amazing. Oh, yeah. And Latrobe is no Particularly exception. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have not bought a single meal yet this year wow. at work. I have had meal prepped lunches and they're good That's meal prep. Like 20 bucks a day, five yeah. days a week. You've saved, you know, like 400 bucks already. That's why I was happy to do this singles order with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, now that I've saved on food, it's time for cardboard. That's useful, right? Yeah. But like, I've been making like really um stuff. I did a um a roast veggie uh like salad. I just got like a bunch of rocket and spinach and stuff, and then roasted a variety of vegetables mm. and tossed that together with this like kind of parmesan based uh dressing that I made. Yum. Really yum. I did like a um rice tuna. Um, bake thing that lasted all week. It's, nice. I'm just like really getting back into the swing of things. Like we're doing really well. Um, as of recording this, we're 
heading up to CanCon really soon. It'll yeah, already have happened. It'll already happened by the time you listen to this, but, but we're about to go. But like, you know, we're I'm like in the zone, man. We're it's scheduled. It's yeah. like everything's organized. Like even right now, my magic collection is actually pretty organized. <laughs> and I'm really proud of myself. Nice. Start the year on a good foot. Yeah, it's yeah, put the best foot forward. 2024 is gone. My year, people. My nice. Year. Love that. <laughs> At the end of all that red. Uh, quite a bit of white in your life. It sounds yeah, like structure through the chaos. I've been red for such a long time in the holidays that I'm actually learning from white this time. It's funny when you spend a long time in the red state of mind. Like I've just come back away from a holiday, very red. You know, yep. eat what you want, do what you want. Yeah, read a book if you feel like it. Not very red to read a book, but you know. No, but if you feel like it, <laughs> if you, should, you feel like right? it, you yeah. should. Yeah, but it's funny. Like living that way for a while means when you come back to your regular life, you're actually like, this is okay. You know, I like, can get through this. Living in white for a long, long time makes you want red but likewise being in red makes you like white's okay yeah if you if you feel the way you feel and like actively accept those emotions and have cognitive behavioral therapy <laughs> uh you're okay you are okay you're okay <laughs> go get therapy that's the real get, <laughs> go get mess. therapy <laughs> um that's all we have time for we'll see you next friday for another transmission from the space commanders goodbye commander players